I V M. Hello and welcome to this midweek episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. This is DJ, your host for this episode, and I'm joined by Ashwin Garg. Ashwin, how are you doing, man? How are you doing in the middle of the week? Um, how's the week gone for you? Pretty good, man. I was trying to think about where we are in the IPL, right? If you think about this, is overly technical and overly nerdy, but it's a 56 match tournament, right? So if you think about this being an ODI, we are just starting to get to the middle overs, and so I'm really curious to see as you think about like. people's excitement levels the engagement on twitter discord even just how much we talk about it etc is this now the period where things start to you know slump a little bit because the first 10 15 matches were also excited the kind of balance after that or the last 10 matches were also excited so i'm i'm just wondering i'm still super excited but i'm just wondering if we are currently going through the the middle over slump of the ipl if you will So I think the consolidation phase where Kedar Jadhav is a specialist in in uh, taking the singles along. You have gone right into the specifics of the topics, my friend. Yes, consolidation phase. I'm not going to comment on the specifics of which players are good at it. Yeah, so we will get into that. But how do you feel recording in the middle of the week, man? It's a little bit weird for me because uh, we haven't got uh, Varun around today, obviously, because uh, it's really late on Wednesday when we record. Uh, how, how are you dealing with these two episodes a week? Are you enjoying it? Do you find it uh, a bit stressful? I honestly I really like it. I love the idea that a end of the week episode we don't have to cover the whole week because you don't get into as much depth as you'd like on specific topics when you're trying to talk about a week's worth of matches especially with double headers on the weekend. But then the second is it's just it's there's so much changes so fast in this IPL. So if you go back and listen to all our episodes, so many things we said seem so out of date, out of touch, etc. So I like the frequency. Obviously it's added work, etc, but hey, we're lucky that we get to run this podcast that people tune in to listen so i'm just fortunate uh, you know i always feel fortunate that uh, we have such awesome listeners and we're excited to be able to put this out absolutely agree man and i love that we're doing it twice a week because as you say otherwise it gets too much to uh, fit into one 40 minute episode right over the weekend anyway um we've had some great matches as ashwin said we're in the middle overs of the ipl but let, let's do a quick um, table recap right before we get into the specifics of the games um mumbai indians have played six games are sitting right on the top of the table with four wins followed closely by our favorite team ashwin uh, the delhi capitals is in the top 2 and with a game in hand on the mumbai indians man how are you feeling about that outstanding honestly like we were second when we recorded the last episode we are still second obviously since then one more win which we'll talk about but unbelievable man 8 points from 5 games i just so exciting yeah it's great and uh, kkr is sitting third and we'll come to that how they got to that third place they've only played 5 games and the rcb is sitting fourth so that makes up the top 4 uh, followed by csk sunrisers rajasthan royals and the kings 11 punjab right at the bottom of the table so what better place to start off with than the bottom of the table clash that took place in the second half of sunday which was the kings 11 punjab and then csk so that was bottom of the table stuff uh, ashwin let's talk through that game there are a few talking points there one being um KL Rahul's batting now of course we know that KL Rahul and Mayank have been dominating the batting charts and KL Rahul's done that for many years in fact even in our preview we talked about uh, KL KL Rahul scoring tons of runs without uh, Kings 11 winning right and Ashwin um, is there an element of uh, a little bit of individualism creeping in there because he scored 63 of 47 
in that game. Um, what did you make of that innings, Ashwin? Uh, and was it a match-losing knock in the final analysis? Sorry, it was 63 of 52 balls, actually. Yeah, 63 of 52 balls. I, I think it's harsh, and I might be overly generous, but I think it's harsh to call it match-losing knock. He was batting for the selectors, etc. Because the truth is, the selectors see what we see, right? If, we th- if it looked like a match-losing knock to us, it looked like a match-losing knock to them. So I think that's a little bit harsh when you put individualism, etc. at the forefront. I think he played a decent knock. It was a runner ball. He wasn't striking as cleanly as he'd like. He managed to accelerate a little bit every once in a while. I think when you have Nicholas Puran and Glenn Maxwell as two of your overseas guys, you then have Sarfraz Khan, who you know has had a great domestic season. I think as the opener... It's fine if you're going at a runner ball because you are relying on the others to come in and hit big. So for me, the shortage in the Punjab lineup and why they're sitting bottom of the table is because not any nobody else has really stepped up. Puran got played a decent cameo. Mandeep played a decent cameo, but nobody really went that big. So I can totally see the argument both ways and somebody disagree with me and say Rahul was too slow. As an opener to stay there, consolidate, take the singles while you have explosive batters coming later, I think is fine. I'm going I'm to test you a little bit on that one, Ashwin, because... KL Rahul doesn't need to be that guy hitting the singles. He's a big hitter, man. He's a quick scorer. We saw him. He's got the capability of doing it. So, what what I don't understand, they ended at 178 for four. And in the eventual analysis, that wasn't enough. But do you think he should have gone maybe a little earlier? Why was he playing so conservatively? Yeah, it, it's a great question. And obviously, we can't get into the insights of what was going through his head, etc. He did say the wicket was stopping a little bit. It wasn't super easy to hit. So I don't know if it was as much a choice to not go after it um, as it was just, it wasn't being that easy. And he, you know, as teams do, and we'll talk about CSK, I'm sure, but he backed himself to go bigger later and then got out. And so I, I don't know. I think in hindsight, you can look at it and say he probably needed a little bit more. I think you could also look and say at Dubai, 178 is not that bad. Uh, you know, they weren't they weren't 50 runs short. They were maybe 10 or 15 short at that. And then they got pummeled by the opposition. But So I, I don't look at it and say the batting, honestly, is what failed. I think when you lose a match by 10 wickets, you're, you could have probably put 10, 15 more runs on the board, but you're bowling is where you came up short. Fair enough. So um, obviously, we've spoken a little bit about uh, them getting pummeled by 10 wickets. But Watto and Faf came out and put on 181 in 17.4 overs, which is... Uh, I think the CSK's highest ever partnership. It's the second highest total ever chased without losing a wicket. And I mean, we were talking last week. Well, last week we were talking Sunday, right? And that's how quickly things move. Uh, and within hours, they had proved their team selection, right? And Watto had uh, come good, won the Man of the Match award with his um, 83 not out of 53 balls. Faf even scored more, but Watto won the Man of the Match award, right? Um, so obviously, the Kings 11 Punjab went to the bottom of the table there, but. Ashwin, there's one more point I want to pick up on in this game, and that is, um, is it now time for Chris Gale? We haven't seen the universe boss so far in IPL 2020, and uh, maybe it's now time that they bring out their big gun? Yeah, so actually, if I'm Kings Eleven Punjab, and by the way, they'll play Thursday, which is right around the time this should release, so we'll see what actually happens. The first change I'm making is actually Mujib. It's not, I mean, I, I, so to answer your question, I would probably bring in Gale as well. But the first quickest change I'm making is to bring in Mujib, probably at this point for a Chris Jordan, who on paper is so good and does so well for his country, but has just been, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, ineffective. And then I might bring in, you know, we have to think about that, but you maybe you drop a Maxwell or a Puran, maybe you drop Cottrell, 
and bring in Gale and bring in one more domestic bowler. I don't, you know, I don't know what the options they're going to be looking at, but I would for sure would bring in Mujib and I most likely would bring in Gale as well. Awesome. So that answers the Gale question. So let's see what they do tomorrow, right? Thursday, whether we proved right or wrong. But uh, that basically sent the Kings eleven Punjab to the bottom of the table. The Chennai Super King fans were finally... Uh, they actually had something to smile about when they were little, looking a little bit worried for some time. But we're going to come back to that uh, at the end of the show when we talk about their next game. Uh, but we moved on then to Monday, Ashwin, to Delhi Capitals versus the RCB. And truth be told, I mean... Uh, this is one of the ones that conflict me the most, really. I mean, you've got Virat on one side, you've got AB on one side, you've got Chehel uh, on, on the RCB side. And then you've got all our boys from the Delhi Capitals, right? So, um, I mean, our Discord was full of lots of sledging. That We've got lots of RCB fans on there as well. And um, I, I really enjoyed this game, actually. So, let, let's talk about it a little bit. First up, Mishra Ji, Amit Mishra, the uh, Delhi Capital and IPL GOAT uh, went out with an injury. We saw him miss that catch, right, in the previous game. And uh, Aksar Patel came in. So, that was an enforced change for Delhi. And then, there's all this chatter about the toss. What should people do after they win the toss? And Kohli won the toss, decided to chase, which I thought was what RCB should be doing because they're a good chasing side with that lineup. And Delhi would prefer to bat first. So, do you think both teams got what they wanted? I think so, man. I think you can either decide based on the pitches and previous results or you can decide on who you think are stronger for you. And undoubtedly, RCB's batting is stronger. So they give the batting the tougher job, which is to chase. The same way Hyderabad believes their bowling is, has been stronger, at least for the last couple of years. And so they give their bowlers the target to defend. And so I could see it going either way. I think whoever won the toss, this would have been the outcome where RCB chased and Delhi batted first. Awesome. And, and then with Delhi in, Shaw, Prithvi Shaw, he went off like an absolute rocket. I mean... What a bullet train, man. 44 of 23. He looked like he was in a hurry, dude. Well, what's got into Prithvi Shaw? I think Prithvi is trying to... So, I think he's trying to distinguish himself a little bit from A, that kind of Sanju Samson, Samson Rishabh Pant type of player who just is hit or miss and, you know, some days they'll go big, some days they'll make a duck. But also that I'm not a Shubman Gill type of player who is, you know, much more pleasing to the eye, consistent, technically, right? I think he's trying to find this piece in the middle, which he says, hey, I can hit these beautiful shots, but I also know how to go big and go after it. And I score much faster than my, you know, the particles or the gills, etc. And, you know, when it comes off, it looks good, right? He definitely plays some ugly shots where it looks like he's going to lose his balance or his footwork isn't quite there, but not as many as, not as many ugly shots as Rishabh Pan. But hey, I mean, 42 of 23 balls. I think if you're punting and Shreyas and then call it Ashwin Rahane, senior guys inside, I think you've said, hey, Shikhar Dhawan is going to consistently give you 30 runs at a run a ball. We have said that on this show since it started for three years. And so Shaw's role is, you know, Try to just accelerate a little bit faster than that. You don't need to give us a 300 strike rate with the boundary every other ball. But if you can go at the 170, 180 type of strike rate, that's a really good place for the opening pair to be in the power play. Absolutely. I'm looking at his stats this IPL. He's played five innings, scored 179 runs. Obviously, there were a couple of failures in there. Averaging uh, 35.8 with a strike rate of 147.93. I think Delhi Capital would be pretty happy with that, right? Absolutely. I think with the kind of middle order Delhi has, that's a great start from your opener. Yeah, and you bring up the middle order, man. Pant supported uh, Prithvi pretty well. Uh, obviously, Captain Ayer didn't get runs in this game. Uh, but Marcus Stoinis, man, what a discovery he's been for Delhi. 
And against his old franchise, the RCB, Stoinis actually took off, scored 53 of 26. Uh, he got into a little bit of verbals with Seni, who went the distance um, a little bit. But um, is this the all-rounder that we've been waiting for? And he's done two fifties now, this IPL. So uh, just proving that that first game where he put in that man-of-the-match performance was no fluke, right? Yeah, I think this has been the revelation for Delhi. And no discredit to... Shaw, Dhawan, Ayer, Pant, etc., who've done well. And of course, the bowlers. But from a batting standpoint, Stoinis has been the revelation. We talked before the tournament, but we didn't, how we didn't have a finisher who could also bowl a few overs. And Stoinis has become exactly that. So credit where it's due. I said, hey, all his results have been in the top three for Australia or for the Big Bash. Maybe he won't succeed in the middle overs. Australia, there's some Australian pundits now talking about how Stoinis needs to more consistently play at five or six for his big bash club and for his country. So that he sets up for his country for the T20 World Cup coming out. That's pretty amazing to me. So I love it. I absolutely love that he has found a spot to thrive at five. Uh, made some, you know, a couple of good 50s. He may have some off days, but really, really exciting because this is exactly what Delhi needed. Yeah, let's talk about the RCB bowling as well. Because I spoke about Seni who went the distance three overs for 48. Chehel didn't finish his spell. He went three overs for 29. But Washington Sundar, man, Four overs for 20. When And remember, he bowled his overs in the power play, right? Where Delhi had got off to a really, really quick start. How good is this guy in the power play? And why haven't they been bowling him before in the power play? Yeah, I mean, he's sort of establishing himself as a power play specialist, if you will. And again, this is the role he plays for, for Team India, right? What did he bowl? I'm just checking. He bowled the second, the fourth, the sixth, and the eighth. He bowled a straight four-over spell and gave almost nothing. An outstanding spell. So for an off-spinner a kind of traditional off-spinner, if you will, to be so consistently tied in the in the power play is unbelievable. So full credit to him. Glad that better late than never, Kohli decided to use him in the power play. I think that's going to be their strategy ongoing until maybe one day he gets taken to the cleaners. But really, really exciting stuff. I'm very excited for not just him, but for Indian T20 cricket as well as a result. Clearly, Kohli's been listening to the RCB fans who appeared on Edges and Sledges. But um, So, Delhi got to 196, which we thought was a pretty good score. Particle went early, but then there was some drama, Ashwin. And you know how we love talking about runouts with the non-striker then. So, why don't we talk our listeners through what went on with uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin and his good friend from Australia, Aaron Finch. Yeah, Finch is at the non-striker's end. Ravi Ashwin in his colorful striped jersey to support some sort of paint sponsorship, which Delhi was wearing on Monday, comes running in with his normal action. And as he finishes his bowling action, the ball doesn't release. He turns around. Finch is a good two, call it two, two and a half, three feet outside his crease at this point. Ashwin gives him a stare, gives him a warning, and walks back to his crease. Just remember last year, in, an ex- in the exact type, similar type of situation, the match was more, more close. But when he was playing against uh, Joss Butler, he chose to inflict the monkard or the run out at the non-striker's end, as we prefer to call it, and, and got Butler out in a match-critical situation. So very interesting here. He he didn't, you know, despite all the press, Ricky Ponting before the tournament talking about how I will tell Ashwin not to monkey. Ashwin saying, I'm still going to do it. It's my, it, you know, it's fair game. It's in the rules. He chose not to execute the monkey. But so, so DJ, let me, I guess you tell me first before I keep going. Do you think he should have done it? So uh, I think we've spoken about this before as well. And, and for me, actually, it's the match situation which determines the level of the monkey, right? And so, so the lawyer in me is very much, uh, it's within the rules. He's entitled to do it. The batsman needs to stay in his crease and all of that. But the cricket fan in me dies a little bit with with the monkard every time. But I'm like, 
So Finch here, I think he should have done it because Finch is clearly stealing ground, right? He's clearly stealing. He's, he's miles down. I mean, when, when Ashwin stops, he is so far down. Like, there is no way he can even make it back. Like, I'm looking at the stills right now. And I'll put a link in the show note. Ashwin in, is in his jump and Finch is in the crease. Ashwin lands and Finch is out. And he doesn't even turn back. And I mean, there, there was literally no way he could come back. And we've talked about the chemo Paul run out in the Under-19 World Cup. And... That killed me a little bit because it was the last ball of, well, it was one wicket left, right? And he was out by mere inches and Kimo Paul didn't even have the intention of delivering the ball. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I think he should have done it here to send a message. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the cricket lover in me dies a little bit every time we uh, we have a monk out. But uh, yeah, listen, I, I, I guess batsmen just have to learn to, to stay in their crease, right? And we won't have that anymore. Yeah, I have to quickly say... I don't think the cricket fan in you should die. I think this needs to become part of the game. You know, not to draw a parallel that doesn't exist, but in baseball, for example, there's a thing called stealing bases where a runner has the right to get to try to take an advantage, but he does it with the risk that he's going to, he could get out. He could get run out at a base if he's too far out. I just, that same thing needs to apply and make it an interesting, make it a strategic part of the game. Let the runner be, take even more of an advantage, right? Move even more. Yeah, out, and, and, I, and I agree. I think they should do it. I think they should make it so common that people stop doing it. Because the, with the chemo Paul situation, right, the difference was it was an under-19 game. It was a game with uh, a, a place in, I think, the knockouts on the line, right? And then this guy goes off celebrating like he's knocked a middle stump out. And that's what really got me. And maybe that's the only one that's really got me because it ended a game like that. And where we've seen Mankad's, We've seen Mankad's in the middle of the game. Like, this is right at the top of the game, right? And Josh Butler, critical moment, changed the game. I get it. But where it ended the game, and that's why all the chat last year was, oh, what, hap- what if it happened in the last over of the World Cup or something like that. So, yeah, I, I agree again, with you. I will just say, I think, I don't, I didn't, don't want to comment on specifics of chemo, Paul, etc. But I think it should be totally normalized. Batsmen should figure out how to strategically use their ability to back up. And... Bowlers should figure out how to strategically use it to get a wicket, and it's fair game. That's just my take on it. I don't see it no, as any. I agree. I think batsmen should learn their lesson. Yeah, I don't see it as any different from a batsman saying, "Hey, I'm going to come down the track and try to hit you." It gives me an edge, but I take a little bit of a risk knowing I can get out. Same way, I'm going to run outside my crease. It gives me an edge to take that single, but I take the risk. So absolutely agree. Up, but I think the difference there is there's a little bit of skill in beating the bat, right? With with the ball actually being delivered. What what I struggle with is the lack of delivery of a ball here. To be able to watch while you're in your delivery stride, coming in full speed, watching the batsman, trying to conceal the type of delivery, doing the round arm action, to be able to watch the batsman stop in your stride and quickly run him out takes skill too. We just haven't accepted that as a cricketing world, but I think it does take skill. So I agree for a, for a quick spinner, it's a slightly different point. But again, I take your point, and as I say, it's within the rules. I totally get it, um, and I support Ashwin. I mean, he should have. Flick the bales off. These guys are professionals paid to do this for a living. I mean, what are you doing wandering out of your crease, man? Now, what I would say uh, in this match yeah. situation, I think Ashwin has played it perfectly. Okay? Because, <laughs> because Finch was batting shit. Because Finch was batting poorly. He ended up getting out pretty quickly after. We ended up winning game, the game by a huge margin. I think just under 50, 59 runs. Then he went on Twitter and posted beautifully saying, hey, treat this as a final warning. I'm not going to give any more warnings. I'm going to do it. So he's now said... You guys wanted me to warn. I've warned for the rest of the tournament. I'm not going to warn. And then somebody else replied saying, hey, what about batsmen who aren't on Twitter and don't see it? He said, I don't care about the batsmen. I'm warning the, the press, the media, the people who are calling me out for spirit of cricket. He said, look, you wanted me to warn. I warned. 
we still won. We still kicked RCB's butt. And now I've kind of, he's opened up the debate. He started it. It's fair game now for not just him, but anybody to do it. So I, I love it. Whether teams do it or not, I think Ashwin handled the situation masterfully. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And what I really loved about that was he tagged uh, Ponting in it. Right? Yeah, I don't know if that's a career in in the professional world. It's what we call the career limiting move, right? To to speak directly back to your boss and say something negative. But hey, he he did it. Yeah, he typed pointing in it, and I think I mean he he didn't need to warn anyone. He'd given in, everyone enough warning last year with Josh Butler, right? So uh, I wonder whether Josh Butler just sitting there. Why didn't he warn me if he was okay to give a warning? Because uh, he must be feeling pretty roughly done. But anyway, this Friday, Delhi versus Rajasthan, Ashwin versus <laughs> Butler at Sharjah. It's happening, man. Next game, next game, strategic, strategic Monkard coming up, strategic run out of the non-strikers. And anyway, let, let's move on, Ashwin. We've spent a little bit of time on this as we love a good Monkard chat. Um, Rabada 4, Nokia 2-4, and Aksar takes man of the match despite the Stoinis uh, 50 and the Rabada wickets. Uh, talk us through the Aksar spell, man. Uh, um, why, why do you think he picked up the man of the match there? Yeah, Aksar bowled 2 for 18. As a left-arm orthodox, he just, like Jadeja, his overs seemed to finish in like eight seconds. He got Finch and he got Moin. And Moin at a time when he, you know, was looked set to unleash and try to keep the game alive. Rabada's spell was magnificent, but two of his wickets were lower order batsmen. Honestly, you could have given it to any of them. Fantastic spell of bowling from all three. Ashwin bowled well too, by the way. But four for 24, two for 22, two for 18. Just outstanding. I think Akshar just got it because he... You know, kept the overs a little bit tighter, but just an outstanding day with the ball for Delhi. A team that we have always said is going to win on the back of their batting. The two quicks from South Africa have been magnificent. Yeah, and I think they've actually changed the game for us. But maybe we should move on now to that uh, to the next game, which was the uh, Mumbai Indians versus the Rajasthan Royals game. Uh, there were lots of changes for the Rajasthan Royals in that uh, game. Tyagi played, Kartik Tyagi, if you remember, in the Under-19 World Cup, he played. Um, Yadav, Surya Kumar Yadav, outstanding knock of 79 or 47, man. Um, he's, he's had a great domestic T20 season. Uh, he's had a few low scores this IPL including one in which he was run out by his skipper. Uh, but today, I mean, one of the sixes he hit on that day was just incredible of Jofra Archer. He gets hit in the face and then the next ball, he just kind of like leans down and scoops him over third man for six. It was just, I mean, why aren't we considering him seriously for the Indian T20 team? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I think there's a few guys in this tournament who are underrated because they play such an important role for their team. But, Yadav has done it before for um, the Mumbai Indians, of course. Nitish Rana, number three for KKR. By the way, Shreya Sayer, number three slash four, depending on the day, for Delhi, also outstanding. Now, he gets more limelight because he's a skipper and he's a little bit of a bigger hitter. But for the most part, these are such critical, pivotal roles that these young Indian guys are playing. I just love to watch him. So I'm a big fan of Yadav and Manish Pandey, number three for Hyderabad. Right? So slightly older, but similar type of role. Arguably, what CSK is missing as Rhino's gone away. But I absolutely love Yadav's knock that day. Um, you know, felt a little bad for him in earlier matches, but great to see him coming back to form. Yeah, and he's a superb fielder as well, as we saw, right? He, he patrols that backward point area, diving all over the place, taking some great catches. So, I mean, we, I suppose we'll talk about this as we come to the Indian T20 World Cups uh, squad when, when 
the next T20 World Cup will be played. But I mean, there's almost a case of just having a specialist T20 team with all these guys in it, right? I mean, like what is Shikhar Dhawan doing in that team, frankly? I mean, why is he even a contender for that? We're playing an ODI team in T20s, but uh, a conversation for a different day, perhaps. Um, Moving on, Josh, Josh Butler scored 70, which was a nice innings. Good to see him come back into form. Bumrah took four for 20, almost saying like, you thought that this guy Rabada is pretty good. Uh, I mean, watch me now. Takes four for 20, just absolutely fantastic. Mumbai Indians um, thrash the Rajasthan Royals and uh, have a great win there. Ashwin, one point to come out of this is that Ben Stokes is nearly fit for the Rajasthan Royals, right? And uh, for the next game against the Delhi Capitals in Sharjah, uh, he's likely to play. Who goes out for the Rajasthan Royals in the next game? Yeah, really tough question. I think, unfortunately, it's Tom Curran. Tom Curran has looked pretty good, both with the ball and the bat. He hasn't been great with the ball. And so, the, I, I think have, they've brought in Karthik Tyagi. They'll make some cha- other changes with the Indian bowlers, with Rajput probably not playing much more. Or not cut from might come back in. But I think um, Tom Curran is missing out. Because if you look at Rajasthan with four overseas guys being Smith, Butler... Stokes and Archer, that is a rock star side. Do, do you think Smith deserves this spot? I mean, some of the shots he's played have been outrageous and he's just been slogging across the line. What's going on with him? I mean, he's had a couple good knocks, right? He just said this last game was horrendous. In Sharjah, like Sanju, Sharjah sure. specialist. So why is it different than to say does Smith deserve a, a spot versus Samson, for example, right? You could argue Butler's keeping. Because it. it's Indian players, most spots, no? No, I get that. I totally get that. I... I don't think they will drop Smith proactively because he's the skipper. I think three or four more failures. And yeah, you might see Tom Curran come back in to bolster the lower order, play more Indian guys up top with Butler and Stokes in the middle order, and uh, Smith might lose it. But I doubt it. Yeah, I agree with you. But I, I think Smith needs to start scoring some runs again. He dropped himself down the order, came down at three. Uh, Yashasvi Jaiswal played, but he didn't fare too well. So um, not great for that youngster. Hopefully he can bounce back from that disappointment. He has two low scores now. Ashwin, um, last game that we need to talk about this week and it's the KKR versus CSK. And as somebody put it on Twitter, this was the feast for the batting order and captaincy experts with uh, Dinesh Karthik's team taking on MS Dhoni's team. Crucial game for both sides. They were both struggling a little bit. There was lots of criticism on Karthik's captaincy and the batting order in the last game that they lost against the the Delhi Capitals over the weekend. Uh, And Tripathi came into the side in that game, scored uh, a nice 36. And today he opened the batting. Today on Wednesday, he gets 81 of 51. And other than him, Ashwin, there was not very much else in that KKR lineup. Russell didn't score runs. Uh, Karthik himself didn't get many. Uh, there was not very much for Owen Morgan out there as well. The next high score was in fact 17. So um, let's talk through the batting order. Did you prefer this batting order? And what was Nareen doing in all of this? Or Narayan? Yeah, Narayan, yeah. I preferred Tripathi opening, no doubt. He's an opener. You said it in the last podcast. He's done so well at the top of the order for the Rising Pune Supergiant. Masterstroke to bring him back. Really happy. Very, very glad. I think Ranad one is a good choice. I think when the second wicket fell, it was like the 10th over or so, 8.1, if I'm not mistaken. And so at that point is when Owen Morgan needs to walk in. Yeah, Morgan I couldn't four. believe that Narayan walked in at that stage. I just Morgan couldn't. at four, Russell at five, Karthik um, at six, yeah. And then maybe Narayan or Cummins at seven or eight, right? That's your order right there. You just got to get over the idea that Narayan's going to give you a quick fire 50. If anything, he's going to give you at the top of the order. You said it, teams have figured out how to pick him. I think just stop experimenting. They won today. 
or in this match. And so it's going to be a little bit forgotten, but it's a li- in a world where they made it the right call by getting Tripathi and Gil to open, very silly to have Narayan at four. Yeah, and, and I guess they'll justify it saying that the spinners were on then, he's strong against the spinners, but the field's already out by then, right? And we saw him hole out in, in the end. And so I find it surprising that someone like Brendan McCullum actually keeps going with this approach. Because remember, he's sitting in the coaching staff, right? I saw him today making notes in his book. And just like, why is Brendan McCullum insisting on this when he's got all of this, like, batting arsenal at his disposal? Russell, Morgan, Karthik, Pat Cummins. Why are we... Is, is it a stats-focused approach that's causing this? It might be. I think it might be a, let's be different and shake it up for the opposition captains so we mess with their heads a little. More likely than not... Russell and Karthik haven't found form yet. And there's two ways you approach that. You say, okay, let's shelter them a little. Or you say, let's give them time in the middle to find form. And it seems like Baz and Karthik himself have said, let's, you know, shelter them a little bit. In this game, at least, tough to say. I I don't know. I just hope they learn quickly. Okay, and this is the point we've been waiting for in the whole podcast. I'm shaking my head even thinking about this conversation. Talk me through this chase, Ashwin. Talk me through it. And I'm going to ask you a question at the end of this. But but talk me through what happened in this chase of uh, not very many runs. They only got, um, the uh, Kolkata Knight Riders only got 167 runs. The Chennai Super Kings fell short by 10 runs. But Ashwin, what happened in this chase? I, I, I have no good explanation. Let me go through this for you. CSK, in the first match they played, or in the second match they played, they were chasing, lost by 16 runs, but were only six down at the end. Then they lost by 44 runs to Delhi. Big loss, but were still only seven down at the end. Then they lost to Hyderabad by seven runs, close margin, but were only five down at the end. And today they lost by 10 runs, but were only five down at the end. So like the, the sports fan, the cricket fan in me, you said when you talked about the Mankar, the cricket fan in me and the sports fan in me died a little bit. And part of it is me thinking like I live in the US. I talk a lot to my American friends and colleagues about cricket and how great a sport it is. And I was just sitting here thinking, if this was a game I had chosen to sit down with people who had never watched cricket before and explain to them why this sport is so brilliant, I would have just been like, I would have been curled up in the corner saying, oh my God, I don't know how to defend my sport because it was just so painful. So I'm probably exaggerating or overreacting a little, but you cannot lose a match by uh, with a low total by a small margin and just not be all out. Just go for shots and get out. And if you lose all 10 wickets, you lose all 10 wickets. There will be people saying, Dhoni knows how to get points. He'll get the points at the end. And then I will realize, hey, the net run rate was great because they didn't lose more wickets and they got close, etc. I get that. I just cannot. Like CSK chasing in this tournament, other than the one 10 wicket victory, has not been a good advert for cricket. And you can argue maybe it's the... The bat is not coming, the ball's not coming onto the bat. Maybe the pitch, maybe the bowlers in the opposition are doing well. But it has been horrific to watch. For me, you cannot fall 10 runs short of 167, which is not a huge total in Abu Dhabi, and still only be five down. Just go for it and get out and give, you know, you have Shardul sitting in the dugout who's hit sixes before. You have Deepak Chair sitting in the dugout who's hit sixes before. You have guy, Dwayne Bravo went unused, but the guys out there, didn't even get out. So, all right, I'm done. That was my rant for the day. I cannot, I cannot get over CSK chasing this year. No, but, but what, what should they have done? I mean, um, do you think Kedar Jadhav firstly deserves a spot? And if not, who plays instead of him? Yeah, great question. Look, Jadhav hasn't bowled at all this tournament, if I remember correctly, right? And so if he's not going to bowl or give you even a backup bowling option, I don't know if he deserves a spot. I'm going to go through the CSK squad probably in a little more detail to see who deserves his slot. But, you know, Ruthraj Gaikwad is a young batsman who 
you know, has 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 done well domestically, hasn't didn't have a great start here. So he's a potential option. You could play around with your overseas guys, bring in a Mitchell Sandner who will bowl and bat a little bit. So, I mean, they I guess they don't really have other batting options, let's be honest. But uh, Jadav just needed to go. I mean, we made fun of Kohli when he talks about intent in test cricket, etc. When you have a chase in T20s, intent does matter. It just does. And so I, it, it disappointed me a little bit, man. Yeah, I have to say that uh, if you were a CSK fan today, you... Um would have been pretty comfortable while they were cruising at uh, over 100 in the 12th over. And then you see Thala come out at, uh, at number four today, right? And you're like, okay, this chase is done. It's going to be a boring game. I mean, they, I was I was obviously making jokes that this is definitely going to the last over. But, I mean, they just got choked. They scored 14 runs, I think, in five overs, which is, I mean, if you think about it, it's just an insane stat in, in, a, in a T20 game. Was it 14 runs in five overs or 14 runs in three overs? Whatever it was, it was just, I mean, you're just like, how have they got away with that? But Ashwin, I'm going to ask you this question because uh, on this show, obviously, I'm the Honey fan. You're the one that challenges me on this. So I don't have the answer to this, but I'm hoping you do. Where does MSD and the CSK, where do they go from here? I mean, imagine you're Stephen Fleming, right? And uh, Or you're N. Srinivasan. Where does this team go um, you're sitting right now in, at number five in the IPL table, but you've played an extra game. So you're more than likely to drop further down um, and probably to the bottom of the um, of the table if uh, Kings Eleven get their stuff together. How is Dhoni going to get this team out of the rut that they currently seem to be in, particularly while chasing? Yeah, it is a great question. And I think... You, look, they're going to do much more nuanced arguments than I'll be able to provide. They're going to go through data. They're going to go through stats. Like, what positions do you stand while batting? Do you shuffle in your crease a little bit to open up, you know, the offside, for example, for batters who have been hitting on the leg and things like that? I think there are two two fundamental things. One, when you're in a chase, you got to just embrace, and you, it looks like it's getting close, and you have depth in the in in the sitting in the dugout. You have to just embrace the hit out or get out mindset. And at some point, you, it is unacceptable for Kedar Jadav. What did he end at? He ended at seven of 12 balls. He should have been seven of eight balls and out, right? That's the reality of it. Swing at it, get out if you have to. I mean, we saw it happen with Devatiya earlier in the tournament, right? He found his form. So maybe they need to reshake, re, like shake up the batting order a little bit. Maybe they need to just embrace this idea that if you get out, if you go for a big hit and get out, we will not hold it against you. Somebody like Ajatav has to be more criticized by his team for 7 of 12 than by 7 of 8 out, right? And so that I think that's their biggest change they have to make while chasing. Look, they've bowled okay. They haven't done badly. Say 167 against a, a very, very strong KKR lineup or to restrict KKR to 167 is pretty freaking good. And so I think it just comes down to the batting and just comes down to showing a little bit more intent while chasing. But I don't know. What do you think they should do? Um I think actually the culprit for all of this is actually Ambati Raidu. That shot he played was uh, pretty poor. Uh, they were in complete control of the chase. KKR looked like they had absolutely no clue of what was going on. And he kind of threw away the game for them. And I mean, it's the opposite of what you're saying, which is like you don't need to hit out when, you're under, when you've got the opposition under the pump, right? And I get it at the back end of the order. But I mean, Raidu getting out and then Watson getting out had two new men in. And that's the phase in which they couldn't score any runs because they opened out against, uh, I think it was Narayan and uh, Varun Chakravarti, both of whom bowled very, very well. I mean, Chakravarti went through Dhoni, man, incredible bowling. And uh, he's never hit a boundary of Narayan either. So, 
maybe KKR got their matchups perfectly because they held Narayan all the way back for the death overs, right? So that uh, he could counter the Dhoni threat uh, or whatever is left of it, I suppose, now. Um, and I have to give so, credit there. You're right. Karthik manages bowlers masterfully. So it's very easy to criticize. We don't do enough of a job of giving credit. I think Karthik managed, you know, didn't do great by sending Narayan at four for me. But with the ball, Karthik was really good in the field today. So glad what, to see What do you him. think about his beard, though? As as a as a man who works for a company that uh, makes shaving products, yeah, man. As long as he trims it and keeps it neat and clean, I'm fine with it. It'd be nice to see if he did shave, but just in case, if he decides to to keep the beard, he needs to just make sure it's nice and trim. Absolutely, super. And what did you think of the Dhoni catch? That made me so happy, man. That one glove off, palms uh, it up with the with the inner, and then takes the catch. It. I, I was just so sad. I wasn't watching this game with anybody else because I kind of like clapped so hard my hands were hurting for the next 13 minutes because um yeah i wish i had somebody to high five but um it's just me um anyway ashwin go no i was just saying great catch right nice to see that dhoni the keeper is still the magnificent keeper we know and love and has done so well over the years i hope dhoni the batsman finds his form just for the sake of the tournament i've said publicly i want a new winner so i don't want csk to do that well i don't love that mumbai is doing so well but I, it's great to see, and I, I hope I like. I wanted the IPL to be close, and so I'd, for that to happen, CSK needs to, you know, pull up their socks a little because these matches, like I said, are a little painful to watch. Uh, were you happy where, where where he came into bat today? Four. I was. So yeah, I, I thought he did well, and I would rather just as a fan of the game and of the sport, etc. I would rather he come in at four and perish for eleven or twelve like he did, than come in of six, get forty six of thirty six balls in the end, and say, oh, we were ten runs short, but he didn't show enough at ten. I would much rather this. And I think there's no better note than on which to end this midweek episode, which has gone on a little longer than we expected. It's just gone past uh, 11.30 where I am, uh, PM that is. But Ashwin, it has been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you uh, in the middle of the week. And I'm looking forward to our Rajasthan Royal special um, in, in um, later this uh, weekend. But uh, guys, you know where you can find us. We're on all the big uh, podcast platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at one tip one hand. Uh, email us at contact at one tip one hand dot com. Join our Discord channel. The link will be in the show notes. Guys, there's lot, lots of amazing chatter going on. And yes, please. I mean, you know, we we ask for a five star review on Apple or wherever else you listen to our podcast. Please give us a five star review. And write something nice about us as well because, you know, it helps other people find the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we really like putting it together. So, hopefully, you guys are liking it too. Anyway, keep on enjoying the IPL and we will catch you with our regular episode with the Rajasthan Royals fans next Monday. Until then, take care and see you soon. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on The Filter Coffee Podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. 
Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>